everybody. Welcome to Political Football. I'm here with Cover Zero, Cleve. Cleve, you're back from vacation. How are you doing? I'm doing all right, man. It's um, it's hot. <laughs> I'm, I'm, and I'm probably going to complain like when the, when the winter's here, but I just hate <laughs> these brutally hot summers. We're both from a part of the country where uh, we get cold weather, we get seasons. Like here, it's just been hot, man. I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah, we uh we actually had some pretty major storms earlier today, and I was worried yeah, that if the power crazy. you know if the power goes out, the show's gonna cut off because my internet goes out and that's that's that. Um but I mean it's calmed down by now, but I was thinking like it was gonna be something. I mean it was it was insane yeah uh, earlier, but I don't know how much you want to get into this, but I'm not the one that had the insane day. I do have something to say about myself, but do you want to talk <laughs> about anything at all? From from your from your job today, possibly. Um, um yeah. So I had a um I had a strange call. Like every day we get calls and in, in property management, we always say we haven't seen it all, and then we do sometimes. So I got a call <laughs> today that uh someone says, Can I get an exterminator? I'm like, Okay, I'm thinking major, you know, the usual suspects, you know, stink bugs, you know, spiders, that type of thing, but it wasn't that. Um, I haven't gotten one of these calls in a while, but <laughs> um <laughs> A five foot snake in the closet, crazy. Five foot snake. She, the uh, the lady was, you know, buzzing around, getting ready to start her day, and she heard like a hissing sound in 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 the closet or in the room. She thought it was the AC, possibly or the fan. You know, something going in the house where it's you know it's hissing, and lo and behold, she moved some items and it was a a black snake. I sent you a, a picture of it. Yes. Um, pretty intense. I'm not a anyone who knows me that knows me, bro. I don't. I'm fascinated by snakes, but I just don't do snakes, man. I can do them from afar, but cuddling them, grabbing, putting them on you know your neck and all that. I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy, man. Yeah, for me, it's like the unexpected nature of snakes. Like if I know there's a snake there and I can see it, like I'm fine with it. I mean, I guess if it's one of those giant ones that can kill you, that's not the greatest yeah. thing in the world. There but for the you know, if I know it's there, whatever. But if I'm like just walking along and walking slithering across my path, like I'm afraid before I can realize what it is. Yeah. And um where I'm from originally, the country that I'm from, we have um we have we have pythons um that and boas that kind of like you can see them around town, like because we have a lot of like um these streams and stuff like in the downtown areas, some of the residential areas. So it's not uncommon to like if you see a rustle in the bush, it's not like a rodent. It's most likely a snake killing something. Um, I'm used to kind of that, like you know, when I go home to South America. But in America, I'm kind of like walk the civilized way. I'm like, if you're like in a city, obviously, <laughs> you know, obviously at some point it used to be woods, and then they built something on it, right? But um, you know, I it's one of the reasons why I would never visit Australia. My mom just went to Australia like two years ago. She's like, I oh, had a great time, and I'm like, I was worried about everything that, that can kill me. She's like, Well, things can kill you in DC. I'm like, I know that, but I just don't want to wake up to a snake in the toilet. I watched too many too many of those animal rescue shows where they're always taking a, a like a big snake out of like a garage or something. I'm like, dude, I can't, I can't do this. Can't well, that's so. I actually had a similar thought about Australia. I want to go to Australia. I want to go to Sydney. I want to go to the Crown Casino in Melbourne. I'd love to play the Aussie Millions. I think it'd be a fantastic time. Uh, that's a poker tournament. But, um, like, 
the wildlife there is insane because I'm afraid of some wildlife. I'm not about to put what it is out on the internet because um, people think they're funny and they're not. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, the snakes down there, no thank you. They got animals down there I can't identify. And just like here, you come across a snake. This is Metro DC. This is not, we are not in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. We are like six miles from the White House. We are not <laughs> in the city. Um, yeah. And to have, to have something like that is just absolutely insane. So uh, that was kind of your day. My day, my last couple days has been marked by the fact that I have COVID for the first time. Wow. And people were not kidding. This is uh, this is no joke. I was pretty lucky that my symptoms, my like really bad symptoms only lasted for about 12 hours. Mm-hmm. But I have no energy and I can barely think straight. Yeah, I, I- it's i mean it affects people different ways from what i understand but um the fatigue is a is a is a is one that everyone kind of deals with you know your body's just tired and then you so you're tired trying to think through stuff like (laughs) you could imagine how that how that goes man so hoping you know hoping you're all right um so so you said 12 hours and you're past all like the the bad shit you think yeah yeah so there was like a 12 hour stretch where I mean, I don't want to get too into it, but it was like the exorcist, right? Like it was crazy. And then I took one more nap and I woke up and I was just like ravenously hungry. Mm -hmm. I was like, but is this real? Like, am I actually hungry or am I hungry, but I can't hold anything down? I was like, let's see a flop. So I was like, how about five egos to start? Okay. (laughs) No problem. How about six pieces of prosciutto? No problem. I was like, all right, well, let's just keep it going. And it's been no problem since. But the fatigue and the brain fog, I mean, and making the visuals for tonight, I labeled players the wrong position. I put, like, the same team on here three times. Wow. Um, You know, like, and before I had to go back and catch it, and, you know, I'm trying to do all these drafts, I'd have to, like, really sit and think before each pick, like, am I looking at this correctly? You know, or am I about to take Romeo Dubes, Romeo Dubs in the third round? I mean, I mean, you know, uh, not to not to be like a, a a crazy person here, but like imagine someone who has to go to work, yeah, because they feel like they have to, and they do something that may be dangerous, like driving yeah. a forklift or something, or maybe flying a plane, and they're trying to think about what they have to do. They have to be high functioning, right? They have to kind of think through stuff. I mean, you're just thinking through, like stuff that you normally would do in your sleep. And you're like, man, I'm struggling. Like, did I just do that right? Right. <laughs> or to take prescriptions. You're like, did I, you know, am I supposed to take one every eight hours or eight every one hour? <laughs> you know? <laughs> this is crazy. Well, you know what? That's it. You just, you know, see, uh, see what happens with the, with the prescriptions there. Just, you know, both my parents are pharmacists and they taught me just take as many pills as you can. You'll be okay. No, I'm kidding. That's not what they said. Don't do that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you got a, you know, you got a great, um, you know, you got a great back door there. Like you can, you know, talk through what, what can help, what holistically can work, what can work from, you know, that's out there. So obviously we we're we've been in COVID now almost three years and um, I'm assuming that we've, you know, we're still in it to some extent, but, you know, I'm glad you were able to just have mild symptoms because I know a couple of people with this new strain and they're having a really rough time and they're vaxxed. Yeah. You know, I, I admittedly I didn't get the booster. 
for obvious for obvious reasons or reasons that I, I don't want to get into here. But um, but I did get double. You know, I did take my two shots initially, mm-hmm. and um, it's been you know, I'm, I, everyone I probably had it. I don't even know, but everyone uh, has dealt with something with it. But um, you know, I'm glad that you you know that you're uh, that you're functioning because again, you know, you told me yesterday I think, and I'm like, you're able to do the show tonight. <laughs> it must be <laughs> must be okay. I'd have to be. I'd have to be unable to stay awake to not to not do the show. I mean, I'd have to be like really wiped out, and even then, I would just turn it on and sit here while you talk about the Jets. I'm trying to get into the you know this weekend is um this weekend is like the first slate of um of preseason games. It is um, a lot of people aren't preseason like a preseason person. I actually am. I like preseason because I like to see what what wares are out there, like what the draft picks look like, what um, guys trying to make a squad look like. I think it's exciting football. I hate the fact that, and I'm putting Jersey on blast. I hate the fact that you guys charge at, 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 at the Meadowlands at MetLife, you guys charge what a game would cost for parking, for beer, for everything. And I'm like, you guys kidding? It's a preseason game. No one it's going to be a series for the starters or, you know, maybe two series or whatever it is. And then, but, but I'm paying 50 bucks for parking. So I'm paying, I'm paying a full beer. Are you kidding? So I uh, think every team does that. I'm pretty sure the Lions do that as well. Mm-hmm. But so the pandemic actually through my real job, if the cost of operating the stadium and putting on the event is static, no matter the quality of the game yeah, on the field. I mean, yeah, I understand that. I understand that. I'm just I'm but, just being I'm just being like just being kind of like. No, no, I'm, I'm with you. I would still treat it as a loss leader, and I would have the tickets be like five bucks each and like yeah. really try to get people in who can't normally come to the games, bring yeah. their whole families, yeah. you know, because that's how you get fans, right? You get the kids into the game. You get the kids into the stadium. A five-year-old doesn't care. I mean, I did it when I was five. I knew the difference between preseason and regular season, but I'm insane. Mm-hmm. A normal five-year-old <laughs> doesn't know um, the difference between the difference between preseason and regular season. They just want to see – they just want to see some football. So, like, you know, I would just lower the prices, try to get a full crowd in there, maybe not during the pandemic, but try to get a full crowd in there. Yeah. Lower concessions, lose some of the money up front, whatever. I mean, I, mean, I think what what kind of um what kind of lends to it too. I mean, it's, I'm only speaking for the Meadowlands because or MetLife, because I've been, you know, been there a few dozen times. They Treat the atmosphere around football the way like so it'll be people out there tailgating at a preseason game. So mm-hmm. if they're treating it that way, I I see where the stadium's like. Well, you know what? We're gonna have to clean up all this garbage that's there from the parking. Um, so yeah, it does it does go to having staff there, having security, having parking attendants, uh, road staff that's getting people in. So I, yeah, I totally understand. So I'm I'm just kind of being a jerk about, it, but I just always say like, why would you charge like half the price for parking? I mean, now that the the metro goes up there but i always felt that that was like okay you guys were being really excessive with that but um but the thing about preseason as well that that i like to see is how many guys get fucked up or how many guys get hurt because <laughs> because you know what because you know what because i think i think you and matt made me really appreciate why well matt that he's not a preseason guy but i think you and i talked about this the first season i think we did political football mm-hmm. that like some guys are going full throat, like in practice, and they've already made the team. Like they're 
they're a starter. They're, I'm like, yeah. I'm not out there. Like, if I'm Tom Brady's center, I'm like, bro, you're coming hard off that slant or you're coming off that edge hard. I'm like, bro, this is a, like we're practicing like, or we're just getting acclimated to the offense or whatever we're doing. And you're coming full speed trying to make a team. Like, don't hit me. Right. You know, I, I need to be here for the season. Do not hit me. You know? Nuts, bro. Uh, yeah, the preseason. So here's the thing. You like to constantly claim that you're not a fantasy guy and you don't like fantasy stuff, yet you play FanDuel every week. Preseason DFS is some of the most profitable DFS you can play because what happens is everybody else just shows up. They haven't been following anything, and they just try to play. With like one subscription to one of these services, I'm telling you, if you are going to watch the games, you could probably clean up by like week two. Because you watch all the week one games, you actually see who's playing and who's not. You yeah. might actually be able to do a little do a little cleanup uh, uh, there. And so I know you're not a fantasy guy or whatever, but you don't want to let it uh, slide by this possible profitable opportunity for you. Yeah, my my brother used to play a unique kind of fantasy thing um, on Madden. I don't know if he still does it. It's, you know, I don't know if he, I haven't asked him in years, but they used to have a draft like a you know, their fantasy draft, but they're mm -hmm. drafting through Madden and then they're playing and they're betting. So I'm not endorsing or, but they, they would bet the games at the, as they're playing it. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, it's, it's a total fantasy thing and they're keeping the ticker going and all of that. So, I mean, that was fun, but I felt that that was too involved and the competitiveness of fantasy, just like anything else. It, I was in a fantasy league a couple of years ago and I got my ass kicked. I was called the jet stream dream. And we came in like dead last. Like I'm, I'm taking stupid trades. <laughs> you know, like someone says, uh, I'll give you like three guys with with hamstrings and and and, and broken ankles for Jonathan Taylor. Okay, good. Let's, let's do it. <laughs> and then he rips off like monster game for two. Weeks. <laughs> and I'm like, I was gonna have the hang of this. So, <laughs> so I have a couple follow-up questions. Was that a paid league? Nah, it was for fun. It was. I mean, it was. You know, I, I. You know, like I, I just thought, I, what year was that? That was two years ago. So that was eighteen. Um, before the pandemic. So twenty nineteen. The the yeah. the Chiefs beat the Forty Nine ers Super Bowl. Yeah. Year. Okay. Mm -hmm. So so that year, I was looking at teams like you know they're not like I'm looking at guys like oh they're not gonna have a good year. And then Jonathan Taylor was like a monster. <laughs> and I was like, what am I, what was I thinking that like I can trade trade this guy away and get. Like literally, a, a hill of beans for him. So, do your people generally know that you're bad at fantasy football? Like your people, like your real life friends. So, so it was well. So it was a mixed bag. It was people that are like really good at fantasy football, and then people that don't know. It's like when you go bowling with someone, you know, with a team of people that mm -hmm. half, you know, half know what they're doing, and then there's one ringer in there who played like who's like a league guy, and I'm like, really, why are you here? Because you're killing everybody. You know, and then you got somebody who just they gutter ball like everything that they throw. So you kind of feel good about yourself at some point. But I, <laughs> I feel like I feel like, man, I'm I'm not even a middle of the road guy. But the thing is, is that I've read up on the nuances of how it's done, but when it gets to trades and who to sit and who to start, that's where I kind of stutter. And it's like I have this thing. It's like the Candy Crush theory. Like, I don't want to learn how to play it because then it's going to consume my life. You know, like when people are like, oh, play That's Candy fair. Crush. And I'm like, fuck you, man. Like, you got me. Now you got me playing. So I never play Candy Crush. I was an Angry Birds guy. 
but I felt like I felt like I felt like do not show me anything that I'm gonna get hooked on because I'm not a ultra competitive person, but I'm competitive enough to like well I, I want to win, and uh, I can I can get easily caught in a black hole where I'm like oh my god I'm spending like ten hours doing this and it's crazy. Well, it's interesting you bring that up because next week uh, you will most likely not be with us as we'll be starting the stream late, almost nine thirty p.m. Eastern. Uh, Scott will be back. He coaches two a day. He actually coaches high school football. Um, really? So, yeah. Uh, O-line, I believe. Oh, okay. Um, yep. So, wow. That's great. yeah. So, yeah. So, he'll be joining after two a days. And so, he and I are actually going to do a one or two live best ball drafts here on political football. And so, I want to get some of your your thoughts up beforehand this week for jumping to that, jumping to that next week. I may, like I said, I may, I, may, I may surprise you and sit in on it, but like – reason one of the reasons that I, I don't know what like i don't know what to say so maybe i need to give it a chance to watch what it is because i just like i said i know where i i i, I falter with it and it's it's like okay who to start this week because you got a guy that's on a hot streak and then all of a sudden he lays an egg you're like really the week that i fucking start you you know like you kill me you know versus you know i know how to trend him on, on fd i kind of go with a gut feeling and I'm watching, obviously, from from previous weeks. I'm watching, you know, how guys are being used. Like, you made a good point about Justin Jefferson. It's like, you know, if I laid a lot of coin on this guy, and I'm like, you guys aren't fucking using him like you're supposed to. Like, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna call the stadium, talk to somebody. There's gonna be a yeah. stern letter getting written to somebody. Like, hey. you mean like CD Lamb in the playoffs <laughs> last year? Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you well, doing? Well, uh, sir, what if I were to tell you? That in best ball fantasy football, you never have to set a lineup or make trades or do waivers or do any of it. Once you draft the team, you're done. That's it forever. Oh, you just keep the same. You just keep uh -huh. whoever you got. So mm -hmm. if they get so if they have a season ender, then then what happens? Zero. Goodbye. Wow. But the upside is you can have a whole bunch of them because you don't have to do all the other stuff. Yeah, I think uh, uh, I think that's gonna work. But you're right though. You might end up like this year. I'm doing about 500, 600 drafts in the off season. You might look at one of them, and next year you're doing 1,200, 1,500. Yeah, see, I don't – and then, and then I'm, going, I'm going – my wife is going to be killing me and you. And <laughs> it's like, why did you turn them on to that? But like I said, I'm, I'm a man of very little vices. But again, like if I if I get into something that I, I think is worth it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a lot of time to it, and I just don't want to have to quantify like, oh, my God. I'm giving a lot of time to this. See, I'm a gamer, and I have to watch how much how much I play because it's my detox, it's my de-stressor, but then it's like, yo, I've been playing for four hours. Like, I could have been doing something a lot more productive than playing video games for four hours, you know? Yeah, but you don't need to be doing stuff productive. I mean, you know, it, it's okay to just relax and chill and whatever. You don't have to be on the grind all the time. You're out here fighting snakes like Steve Irwin. Like, you can take some time to <laughs> well, play some video games. Well, the thing is how I grew up, my dad used to always say, like, if you – say if I had a test and I, I fucked around and failed it or I got, like, a grade that I wasn't – you know, that I didn't want or whatever, he was like, well, I saw you all weekend and you were just – you're doing whatever. Like, you did this, you did that, you did this. One of those things you that you were doing, you could have been studying. Like, he always made me think, like – if I, I always felt guilty about having free time, I'm like, whoa, I have three hours. And then I'm like, what did I forget to do? There's something I did not do. And then lo and behold, sometimes it's like, yo, oh shit, I was supposed to be somewhere or I was supposed to go here. Cause I don't live by a um, calendar. 
even at work, certain things that are if there's preloaded, I'm good. But I don't just keep loading up my my calendar with mm-hmm. stuff. You know, like I kind of like happen to be places mm-hmm. on my on my leisure. So, um, you know, like things I know I have to be there for. I'm there, but it's like yo, I hate living by a um my last uh, assignment that I had. My calendar looked like a bowl of Fruit Loops because everything was color coded. Every time I would open that spreadsheet, I'm like, "Holy shit!" I'm on like six calls this week, and three of them I'm leading, and two of them I have no reason to be on this call, and it's just like ridiculously stupid, man. So, yeah. Speaking of uh, um, ridiculously stupid, let's talk about the Jets. Um, we're gonna get into the uh, <laughs> we're gonna get into the season uh, the season previews here for the Eastern Divisions. Figured we'd start with the AFC East. Let me go ahead and pull this up here. So, Cleve, I don't know if you saw last week, but I made a little visual for the people watching live on on YouTube. By the way, if you're listening to the podcast feed, this is up, going Joe? to be this is going to be live on on YouTube. Uh we live stream every single every single week. Um so I'm going to pull up this visual here. Last week I had the visual, I had the logos for all the teams. And mm-hmm. so I decided to do something similar this week, logo, some information, that sort of thing. So let me go ahead and get this pulled up here. You know, once I win $2 million playing fantasy, I'll hire a producer for the show. But in the meantime, I got to do it at the same time that I'm hosting. So, <laughs> so here we go. Sweet deal. Okay. And there we go. There's the logo for the Jets. Man. <laughs> uh, is, that, is that like flowers for our burial in pink? <laughs> <laughs> no. So actually, I did not make this. Shout out to Jake. Uh, listens to the show sometimes. He's he's the one that put this up, put this Jets logo together. Um, it's pretty legit, man. Yeah, if you, <laughs> if, you go, if you go to MattyIceMedia.com, that is the headshot Cleve has um, for That's for the show. Funny. Which, by the way, that also explains why Scott and I don't have headshots on the show because this is bullshit. Like, <laughs> look at you pulling off that look, and they're going to have me and Scott right next to you. So, oh, man. um. Well, management, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so there's uh so there's the Jets logo. So last year the Jets go four and thirteen, fourteenth plate fourth fourteenth, fourth place in the AFC East. The Vegas win total this year, five point five, but Cleve, you predicted seven wins for your Jets this year. You're actually optimistic versus Las Vegas. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, um uh, you know, Zachy Zachy's tried some seasoned stuff, some seasoned cougar. So uh we'll see how he how you do, but again, see, Makai, this is the second year Makai's out. Yep, and he's the other knee. So, um, and he's a 2020 draft pick, right? Yeah. So it's safe to say, man, this might not work out for him. Um, yeah, I don't the Jets- know how that. Yeah, I don't know how that works out when you're two years into your into your career and you have you've played what you've missed an entire season twice. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's gonna be that's that's gonna be rough, especially when it's two knee injuries for offensive linemen. Yep. That is that is really rough. So um, you know, I got some of the offseason stuff here. First thing we have the Jets have three first round picks, which we'll get into because we got the draft board beneath this. Zach Wilson entering the second year. Now you are optimistic on the Jets, but pessimistic on Zach Wilson. Yeah. So how do you reconcile all those two things? How does Zach Wilson win seven games this year for the Jets? but not also make a huge improvement from his first year. Well, he's not the only one out there, so I'm hoping that the defense steps up. The defense steps up. Uh, we we kind of established some kind of running game. 
Um, and Zachy kind of just game manages. I, I don't believe he's a he's a starting quarterback in this league. I'm not I'm not um convinced yet, but it would be unfair to give anyone their second year on a job that tough to say, hey, you know what? You're shit, you know, you can't do this or whatever it is. So I, you know. I'm not rooting against the guy, but I'm not convinced yet that he's our guy. Same, same with like Darnold. I just don't. I didn't think that it was a good pick for us. You, um, you had talked to me pretty much on and offline last year about the Zach Wilson pick, but again, um, I just kind of saw some things last year that didn't sit well with me, especially when Old Man River came in. Well, not not Rivers, but Old Man came in, ran the same offense, and then. You had another guy come in, run the same offense, and had production. And I'm like, okay, maybe this is some rookie shit, or he just really doesn't understand to play up in in this in this okay. system, whatever system that that we have going. His name isn't some other guy. His name is White Mike. White Mike. <laughs> the statue's still being built, man. <laughs> just the feet is. on it. Just the feet on it right now. Just the feet on it. So the thing is, is that I think Zach Wilson probably sucks. I mean. That is the most likely outcome. <laughs> but if you had asked me about Josh Allen going into year two, I would have said Josh Allen probably sucks. I mean, quarterbacks really continue to get better up until about the age of 30. Mm-hmm. So when they're 22, 23, they could still have a long way to go. So while I think it is most likely that Zach Wilson is just ass, that um, he's got he's got a chance. Like There are outcomes here where he is – where he makes a big improvement and then he's the he is the quarterback they need they need going forward and i think that head coach max salad uh really wants to really wants to figure that out if we take a look at their draft board here so i put the draft board together so the first thing you notice they had three first round picks this year they had the fourth overall pick, Sauce Gardner, the corner out of Cincinnati, the tenth overall pick, Garrett Wilson, wide receiver of Ohio State. And at 26, Jermaine Johnson, the uh, pass rusher out of Florida State, who some people, Scott included, thought they might take at number 10. So in their mind, they got three top 10 picks on their board in one draft class. Now, as a Jets fan, what do you think about this draft? I thought it was was a pretty decent draft. Um, Actually, uh, I think I met Jeremy Rucker a couple weeks ago. Uh, Oh, all right. Mr. Fancy Pants. Yeah, yeah. That thing I went to. Um, yeah, that, that Matt and I went to. Um, yeah, I, I felt good about this draft uh, this year. Last year, I, I didn't feel so good about it. I remember, you know, we we talked about it, but um, I just want to, I just want to see Zach really step up. Obviously, uh, it's year two, so I think if we don't have a good year with him this year, then we're looking for a quarterback in 23, 23 24 We're looking for a quarterback. So I, uh, I mean, I think that's absolutely correct. And they gave him every opportunity to be able to do it. Now, with Becton being out for the year, that does. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, mean, that's that's that, not that, good. It puts the it puts it definitely puts the um puts the fire <laughs> turns the fire up a little bit. But again, you know, like um it's it kind of um and I wanted to get your take on this as I know we're talking AFC East tonight. But if I'm Lamar, I'm not going into camp without a without a, a contract. Like like Becton obviously probably got had something set up. But then again, this is his other knee now, and he's out for another year. So, was that uh, what is it? Eighteen games essentially. So yeah, yeah. So he yeah he missed the entire last year. Yeah, yeah. He's gonna be out like yeah. two years in a row. 
Yeah, two years yep. in a row, and and he's the twenty twenty draft pick. Like, I mean, I, I I can't foresee injuries, but I'm like, man, you know, if you're hanging your hat on this stuff, the preseason is rough, man. It's, you know, it's one of those things. But the players that they do have, they have Elijah Moore, who was a hit yeah. last year. Man. Remember, I was I was yeah. a huge fan yeah. of the draft pick last year. Yep. They have Corey Davis. They drafted mm-hmm. Garrett Wilson this year, and Garrett Wilson is a Jalen Waddle, C.D. Lamb level wide receiver prospect. I mean, he is a top top prospect. And as a fan of Michigan, I'm happy he is no longer at Ohio State. <laughs> um, but, but good thing, you got to have someone throwing the ball to to them. You know, you got to have that other talent. Like these guys, if these guys' numbers are really really not up to snuff. It's not really on them. It, it could be on the either the play calling or the usage or target share or quarterback sucks. All right. Yeah, no, for sure. But you know, and then you add in Brees Hall, the run, the running back, first running back off the board as well here out of Iowa State. And then you had Michael Carter last year in the fourth round. They brewed over CJ Uzoma, the tight end from Cincinnati. It's very clear that at the end of this year, we will know about Zach Wilson. Like he's oh, got yeah. the yeah, pieces around it him. Let's make it or break it now. This is uh to know, which is good. Now, the one problem the Jets have is that uh Sauce Gardner can't play all four positions in the secondary at the same time. Yeah. So even if he's great, and I think he I mean, he is six foot three as a corner. That is that's getting it done. Mm-hmm. But I don't so I'm lower on the Jets this year. I think they could be an exciting team that puts up a lot of points and still loses a bunch of games by double digits. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just because they can't. It's who we are. It's who we are. They can't stop anybody. Yep. All right. Before we transition to the next team here, let me just check my producer, my producer links real quick here. Okay. We're still waiting. We are we are expecting a uh uh special guest to show up here to join us and we're going to move on to the next team I have here in the uh, AFC East. Now, no, no shot cleave that I thought that the Jets would finish last in the AFC East, but who do you think I finished in, in third place in this division? The Finns. It would be not the Dolphins. Yeah, I, I knew, I knew, <laughs> I, knew you were gonna, <laughs> I, I, I knew where you were going with it, but I was like, yeah. I know you're going with that. And yeah, I, I love so, the logo, by the way. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, so this is part of the reason why if you're not watching live on YouTube or while going back and watching on YouTube, you may want to because uh, <laughs> we've got some visual gags here that I'm able to do right now. I can't really explain, but let's just say the Patriots cheat a lot, and this, vo- and this logo reflects that. Um, so last year, they go 10-7, and seven, second place in the AFC East, and somehow made the playoffs. I mean, that that's really good for Matt Jones's, uh first first year, right? Yeah, I mean, we'll see if he has a sophomore slump. Um, but uh yeah, I mean I'm not I'm not high on them. Yeah, you see you see me I have them at six games. So Yeah, we've got the Vegas win total eight and a half. You've got them at six. So a lot of people, you know, Mac Jones was the best quarterback out of the rookie draft class last year, but now you think they're gonna take a step back. Uh care to explain why? I just think um I just think he had a he, he had a very good rookie campaign. Um, I think he you know grasping the offense, but uh, in your in your second line here, Joe Judge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that yeah. that that's gonna 
when so you're when saying you're, that replacing you're saying replacing Josh McDaniels as offensive coordinator with Joe Judge is a bad idea? It's like it's like someone giving me a PB PB and J, which I love PB and J's, and you're taking all of the fucking jelly off and just giving me peanut butter on my sandwich, which well, I, that's I don't good. mind. I don't mind that, but this is this is all peanut butter now. No, 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 no. That's an that's an improvement. Jelly is trash. <laughs> jelly is trash. <laughs> oh man, yeah. So. Now, I, just a plain peanut butter sandwich is extremely dry, kind of like how I expect Joe Judge's play calling to be. So this yeah. uh, analogy may may hold up. But, I mean, Joe Judge was a special teams coach and then goes to the Giants where he's a failure, and now he comes back to the Patriots as the offensive coordinator. This could go south real, real fast. They have Ramondre Stevenson. They have Damian Harris in the backfield. You know, Mac Jones did look, you know, pretty pretty good, but I just don't see how this team can take a step forward in a tougher division and with literally nobody coaching the offense. If it's not Joe Judge, it's going to be Matt Patricia. Yeah, and we're we're actually lockstep with your with your analysis there because that is damning. Like you, Josh McDaniels leaves the building, and that's who you bring in. That's the guy you bring in. Are you kidding? That's why you see no seriously. It's like that's the yeah. guy you bring in, right? Exactly. With a, sec- yeah. with a second, with a second, uh, a second year quarterback that's still learning the NFL. You know. Yeah, and then I have the other note on here that they lost uh, all pro defensive back J.C. Jackson to the Chargers in free agency last year. They got by really being able to run the ball a ton and play good defense. Without J.C. Jackson, the good defense is going to be harder, not impossible but harder when you lose an all-pro corner like that. They may end up in a situation where they have to lean on the offense a bit more. Quick, name their wide receivers. If you give me three names, I'm going to ask you what I always ask you, if there's a real people. Okay, well, we're out here. We are just slandering the New England Patriots, right? <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, we had, a, we had a false alarm, false alarm. So, but yeah, we're out here slandering the New England Patriots. I have a feeling our special guest is about to show up here and try to defend their honor. In the meantime, these are the wide receivers for the New England Patriots. Are you ready? Yes. They are Cordell Flott, Zion McCollum, and Tyquan Thornton. Wow. Those those sound like made-up names, man. Those are all real names, but only one of them is a wide receiver, and that's Tyquan Thornton. The other two are defensive backs on other teams. The point is, is that nobody knows who the wide receivers on this team are. They have Kendrick Bourne. They have Nelson Aguilar. Oh, Mike Aguilar, they have, um, oh, what's his face? Jacoby Myers is still there, but you see what I mean? They don't really have like a John U. Smith is still there at tight end, Hunter Henry. Like, it's not like it's terrible. They did bring in Devontae Parker from Miami, but he didn't do much in Miami. You know, I just don't see, it's like the Steelers last year. I don't see how they got better moving, moving forward. Mm-hmm. Let's see. The other the other thing about the uh, New England Patriots here as we scroll down. Give me one second in here. Again, man, I cannot wait to be rich and hire a producer. Okay. Is their draft board. The one thing they did do is add a ton of players. Hmm. The bad news is I don't think the players are that great. So if you'll recall during the draft – when they took Cole Strange in the first round, 29th overall, the 
Rams coaching staff is being interviewed live, like by local media, and they actually laughed at the pick when it was made. Wow. Right. So, you know what? Here comes here comes our special guest. Talk about the Patriots. Here he is. Hello, sir. How are you doing? Oh, we have we have no audio. We have no audio. That might be me. That might be me. Cannot wait. Uh, hey, uh, it's president, president of the network. Your mic isn't connected according <laughs> according to the software yeah, here. We're seeing, yeah, we're seeing that you're not that you're muted. <clears throat> Man, our big reveal. I mean, everybody can see you, so it's not a secret anymore to the people on YouTube that president of Matty Ice Media, Matty Ice himself, is trying to join us to defend his Patriots. But the thing is, he knows they're so bad, he can't even get his mic working. There he oh. is. Oh, there he is. Okay, here he is. He's had enough. He's had enough of the slander. Matty Ice of Matty Ice Media, welcome to Political Football, your old stopping grounds. How are you doing? I am I'm good. Do you want to hear a confession on my part? Yes. Yeah, I have heard zero seconds of this thread, so I have no fucking clue what you guys have been talking about. So whatever okay. slander it is that you're talking about, I have been unaware because there is a uh, little ice downstairs who needed my attention, and he is president of the Matty Ice fan club. So. <laughs> no worries. No worries. Well, I will uh, TLDR. The Patriots overachieved last year and did nothing this year to make themselves any better. How do you care to respond? I don't disagree. Actually, All right. I, I don't disagree. I mean – uh, if this team were coached by anybody but Bill Belichick, they would be a six-win team. Last year, they would have been a six-win team. I think they get a pass because they have an all-time great head coach as their head coach, who obviously has a ton of experience. And they had a staff last year, which included an offensive coordinator, Josh McDaniels, who is no longer with the team. So bringing a rookie quarterback, moving on from Tom Brady, technically moving on from Cam Newton, and it's a it's a huge change. And I think that they spent a bunch out in free agency, which obviously was historic, especially for them, but in the league in general. And they made a lot of things work. I think what we saw, though, is that compared to the cream of the crop in the AFC, they are far and away nowhere close to those teams. And your offseason is meant to see how you are compared to all of your competitors, right? Mm -hmm. And they didn't really do anything to make themselves better than or even close to being as good as the Bills. So if they're not as good as the Bills, they're not going to be as good as a lot of the other teams which played competitively against the Bills and or beat the Bills. And that includes basically now the entire AFC West uh, <laughs> and the possibly the Dolphins. I mean, I have a few thoughts on that too, but I saw the Patriots last year as overachieving. I did say in my preview last year, though, that if everything went right, they could be a 10-win team, which they were a 10-win team. So And everything uh, went right. Exactly. Yeah. So this year, they get Mac Jones, who I think Mac Jones deserves some credit for taking his off-season regimen a little bit more seriously. And clearly, he came in looking at like he's in good shape. So that part of it at least is at least coming to fruition. But that doesn't translate to results. I mean, a lot of guys look great coming into camp. They should look great coming into camp. And he looks great. Uh, the things that worry me, they obviously didn't do a whole lot to bolster the offense around him, so they're not really going to be able to ask him to do a whole lot more because their weapons really haven't improved. So in my mind, he's going to have to do a lot of the growing this season with the same cast of characters, and so he is going to have to be the one to elevate the talent around him, and I think that's going to be a huge ask, especially in that division and especially with the schedule. I think they have like the 16th strength of schedule, but obviously we know that that doesn't mean anything because that's going off last year's results. We don't know how good or bad these teams are going to be. So that is what it is. But I think the thing that worries me the most is we have Joe Judge and Matt Patricia on the same staff being given <laughs> responsibilities that they 
couldn't handle in other places, and now they're going to be given that responsibility for the Patriots. But I will say this, though. If there's anything to be said about Belichick and his coaching tree, they don't do well away from the nest, but they do great when they're with him. So you know, McDaniels took that head coaching job. Things happened. He ends up coming back, and he has a great second run with the mm-hmm. Pats winning some Super Bowls, right? So he's getting another shot in, in Vegas, and we'll see how that works out. I mean, Patricia and Judge both didn't even look like they knew how to tie their shoes as head coaches, and they're being given the keys to the offense, and we'll see how that goes. I mean, and I think that's the newest element to all of this is they've had such a consistency with their offensive scheming and not just scheming, not just plays, terminology, and they're turning all of that over and trying to simplify it. And does that mean that the plays are going to be simplistic? The terminology is going to be simplistic. We're not really sure. What I do know, though, is that Matt Patricia will have that pencil in his ear, and he has nothing but laminated sheets to write on. So how the fuck are you going to write with a pencil on a laminated sheet? <laughs> well, he's a genius. I'm sure he'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> what is it that uh, – what, what is it that Trump called himself? Uh, uh, what was it? A um, very stable genius. A very yeah. stable genius. <laughs> Matt Patricia um, is some kind of a genius. But uh, well, it remains to be seen. So I think that there are more unknowns with this team. And like I said, if this team didn't have Bill Belichick as their head coach, I think that they would be well below average. But I think when you have that head coach and that experience, nothing phases or, or really scares Bill very often. I mean, we saw it happen a couple times last year, but you're not going to get a coach who's in way over his head and doesn't know what to do. And Bill will be the first to tell you if the talent's just not there. We've seen him mic'd up a couple times, and I think it was the 09 season. He and Brady were standing next to each other in New Orleans, and he said this team just doesn't have it. And Tom knew, right? So it is what it is. The The rest of the league, especially the conference, has caught up and surpassed them, and it's going to be difficult to keep up with that. You can only acquire so much talent in the offseason. You can only draft so many guys that are going to help you out. Not everybody can be a playoff contender and not everybody can be a winner. Yeah. I mean, especially the AFC this year, because there's like 13 good teams out of the 16. Sorry, Khalif, the Jets are not one of them. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, the 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 Patriots could be a team that could win 10 games in the NFC and go like five and twelve in in the AFC. So yeah, I'm just not a, a huge, a huge believer in the Patriots at all this year. And then uh, Matt, can I get your thoughts on this, uh, this logo we've got here on, on the YouTube stream? It doesn't really bother me. Six rings. You guys have a here we go. zero or one when, uh, yeah. you know, so it is what it is. All of mine have been since I've been born. <laughs> Cleve wasn't born yet, despite how old he is. So the Jets won a title before he was yeah. born. But honestly, I was, it's funny. I, it's funny. You guys, I, I was talking about, both of these gates because have you guys noticed and i think you guys talked about uh what are they calling it tamper gate whatever with the dolphins but you, just because you add gate to the end of it doesn't make it a scandal like and also Watergate wasn't about fucking water so i don't understand <laughs> why we're adding gate to everything but look the patriots took liberties in certain aspects i think if you look at both of those the deflated footballs was kind of silly it was really entertaining press conference stuff i mean that that part was 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 entertaining but ultimately, I'm not sure how much of a competitive advantage that gave them when, as we all know, a lot of players in many sports have uh, different eccentricities and stuff like that when, um, you know, when they play. I mean, pitchers, baseball players are so superstitious. They got to have things just right. I think the, the taping one was a lot more egregious because of how it was done and how they were caught doing it. And like I said, I've said before that a lot of teams are trying to win in the margins. And I think using film to do that has been, you know, used for 
for decades, but it was how they did it. And I think similar to Deshaun Watson, it was the lack of contrition that they had for, for doing it. And uh, they, they showed the league how they felt by almost going 19 and over the next season and say, okay, fine. Like we don't have to tape you guys. We'll just run rough shot over the league. But as far as the old path, the Patriot logo, I remember how bad it felt in the, t- at the time because the team was so bad. But I think when we are able to apply more uh, design friendly aspects to retro designs, I think they look a lot better because we all remember the nineties as being neon and out there. But when we see some of those designs today, they don't look so bad or they don't look yeah. as bad right. as we remember. The Pistons Jersey still does. And they're bringing it back oh, for some awful. games this year. I was so. actually wondering how you felt about that. Cause they, they, they had a whole campaign on Twitter and I was like, do they realize that still fucking sucks? Like, yeah, no, right. that's, <laughs> that's, that's terrible. I mean, it'd be like trying to bring back new Coke, which Cleve can speak to you. He was like 40 at the time, but <laughs> you know, I just, I, I don't understand that at all. So we've got the the Dolphins. I have them finishing third in the division. Jets fourth, uh, Patriots third. Matt, do you agree with that order? I'm not so sold on the Dolphins because and, – and, and, and the reason that I'm not sold on the Dolphins isn't solely a Tua thing. And to me, it's more organizational. And I, I, I sometimes – get a little hung up on these organizations where, I mean, I I remember last year, all of us felt so confident that the Browns were going to win the Super Bowl and look where we fucking are with that. So we've come so far away from that team that we had confidence in. And I think what we have found out is that franchises who can't seem to get out of their own way organizationally or have a hard time sustaining success. So I think that what I saw this off season was that they got rid of Flores and all the drama with that Flores. I don't think wanted to, to begin with, I think, Obviously, Stephen Ross wanted him. Whatever happened between then and now is is what it is. They're giving him no excuses. So I think that that's obvious. I mean, they added Tyreek Hill, which I think is great. They had offensive power last year. And at times, you saw talent there. I think now there's going to be no excuses. And there's a lot of pressure on Tua. But do I think he has the talent to be able to be better than they were last year? Yes. Will it come to fruition is a different story, but I just have such a hang-up with organizations that haven't been able to show that they can get out of their own way in any way on or off the field. And obviously, the, the, the Dolphins just gave up what it would have taken basically to get Brady on their team. I mean, they they Blair Thomas fumbled getting Tom Brady <laughs> on the team. And it's just, there's so many things about how the Dolphins, did, what the Dolphins have done the last couple of years, and I, I just... I'm not as confident as you are. And last year when they didn't have Tua, they obviously were bad. And when they had him, they had a couple of good wins there. But um, for some reason, Tua seems to be the only quarterback from that class that we don't feel super confident in that he is the guy yet. But that doesn't mean he can't be the guy. So I'm just not, I'm not like down on the Dolphins, but I'm also cautiously optimistic about them this season. So Cleve, the Vegas win total this year is nine. Your win total prediction last week, uh, two weeks ago, when you did not know the Vegas win totals, by the way, for the, for new listeners, you did not know what they were. You just went blind. You guessed six for the Dolphins. So clearly you are not high on the Dolphins this year. No. And it's, well, you know me, my, my, my Tua rampage. I just, I'm not sold on the guy. I'm not sold on the guy. So We'll see how he does this season, but, you know, having Tyreek Hill there. But, um, again, you know, when you have these type of uh, players sign on or come in, you got to have somebody who's going to be there. And I don't think he's going to hold up. I think by week seven, 
he's going to be nursing some kind of injury. So your prediction for them going under the win total is that you are his, his availability is going to be in question. Okay. Yeah. Because you know, best. last year when he played, they went like eight and one or something, right? Wasn't it ridiculous when he played last year? Yeah. So again, my and if you guys roll tape on 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 what I've been saying about him, it's not necessarily. I think he's a horrible quarterback. I just think he's not durable. He came into the league with with some injuries, obviously, uh, that did him no favors. But I just think, like the best avail- the best ability is availability, and I think that when it's going to count, he's not going to be there. You know, unfair to him or whatever. But I just don't think he's going to hold up. I think I think he's going to by week seven, week eight, he's going to be there with serious injuries. So one important thing to keep in mind for that for Tua being hurt this year is that last year they had the worst offensive line in the NFL, and the Bengals' offensive line is a thing that existed. So that means you know the Dolphins' (laughs) offensive line was truly bad. They made a lot of improvements this year, the most notable one uh, being bringing over a Teron Armstead all-pro tackle from the Saints. Do you think, Cleve, that the improvement in the offensive line – mitigate some of that injury risk because he's not going to get sacked 4,000 times a game now. Yeah, no, no. That I mean, that's <clears throat> that's what, you know, that's what that's what quarterbacks need. They need time in the pocket. They need time to to have the, the play develop. You, you can't do it when everyone's in your lap. You know, when you snap the ball, 10,000 guys are in your face. Um, but again, I just think his durability is, is in question for me. And, you know, it's just one of those things with him because he came in with an injury like he came in as damaged goods um and he could be rattled but he showed that he could win games so i'm not i'm not down on the guy for playing the position i think he's uh, okay quarterback but i just i don't think he's durable and that's my that's been my issue with him from day one fair enough now even if he does get hurt though do you know who their backup is no well they traded jacoby so i don't know who well, they got rid of Jacoby, so I don't know who who's their backup now. Matt, who's the backup for Tua? Who cares? <laughs> that, that, is, that is incorrect. It is it is Teddy Four Picks. Teddy Two Gloves is there. Yes, <laughs> man. He went back home to Miami. So Teddy Two Gloves. Wow. Not like not like they have nobody behind him there. It's not like they're bringing in Nathan Peterman or uh, Joe Flacco. Off the bench, if something goes wrong, they have they have at least a decent a decent backup. There's something goes wrong. The reason I'm high on the Dolphins this year is that their defense is good, very good. They improved the offensive line, like they made themselves better, noticeably better in a way that the Patriots did not. They also added Tyreek Hill, and I think Tua may just be like a souped up version of Jimmy G. Like he's not fantastic but he's accurate, especially in the short and the mid range. And Jimmy G was good in San Francisco because he could throw quick, accurate passes to Debo Samuel and George Kittle, and they would wreck shop on their way down the field. Well, now he's got Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle do that for him in Miami and offensive and a head coach was offensive coordinator under Shanahan in San Francisco. They had Chase Edmonds in the backfield. They had Sony Michelle in the backfield. They had Raheem Mostert in the backfield, right? Cleve, who was the running back last year? For the Fins? Yep. D- don't know. Exactly. They added three who are better than Miles Gaskin to the roster <laughs> this year. So, you know, they went out and made themselves better. Now, the head coach situation could be worse because I don't think Brian Flores was a bad coach by um, by any means. But 
the team got better and the team won nine games last year. So it's hard for me to be like, well, now they're going to do worse. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When it uh, when it comes comes down to this tampering thing, I don't know why finding a billionaire a million dollars seems like it's punishment. Um, the draft picks, yeah, you know that 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 can hurt depending on how strong that draft is. But I never understood finding these guys that kind of money when that's that's walk around money for some of these guys. I don't. I, yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me. Even some of like the the fines for players for various things. I think it's just so they can say they they did, did something. something. Yeah, yeah. Symbolic. yeah, that's all. And I don't think the owners would agree to have fines of one hundred fifty million dollars. <laughs> that might actually <laughs> that might actually sting them. Like I think they might be like, oh no, we're gonna get a new well, commissioner. Well, tampering to me, tampering happens all the time. It's like holding a football. It happens on every down. You know, tampering. I mean, a guy gets together in the off season to 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 do something. Um, they meet up with somebody. There's some talks at, at dinner or whatever. Hey, you know what? It'd be great for you to come down and play with us. You know. I yeah, know but there's. I, I never try. You know, I have a trainer that you can come to any any office and then train with me, and we'll get together. You know, to do some reps. That's tampering. <laughs> you know, these guys are friends, and they're getting together on some field somewhere, and they're running routes. They're running the route tree, and I'm like, you know, now he's gonna say, you know what? I, I hooked up with this guy in, in the off season. And looked great. We should, you know, make a go for him. You know, that stuff happens, right? I, I think this is a bit more egregious and involved ownership, which, you know, that, that makes it, that does make it a bit worse. It's not people who went to college together talking about how cool it would be to play together or something <laughs> like that. I don't even sure that is tampering by the definition of the rules. You know, it's just people, just people well, talking. I mean, the, tampering is, if, if I talk to you and you're under contract in any sport, if I'm having talks about you, you know, coming to a facility or coming to a team, that's tampering, right? You saw the definition of it would be right. You're under contract somewhere else, and then like you're a free agent, and we're we're having a liberty, you know, having a conversation at liberty, but you're literally playing for another team. Like you're still on that on that roster. One way the Dolphins did not get better was through the draft. They only had four draft picks, a third, a fourth, and two seventh. I have them up here on the screen on the YouTube mm-hmm. live stream, and. These players are so random. I only knew two of them before the draft. <laughs> like that's when you know you're going, you're going off the board. Now, Eric Zunkanma was a good running back, um, or good wide receiver at Texas Tech, but nothing. I mean, nothing special. I have them in a couple of these drafts that I'm doing, you know, with two a stack stuff like that, but nothing crazy. So they only had four draft picks. I'm not sure they made any of them matter. I do kind of wish Scott was here to break down these linebackers because Lord knows I don't know what I'm talking about. But either then they're linebackers. Like they're not gonna like the odds of them being Von Miller are probably not probably not that great. So, you know, I think the Dolphins got better. I don't think they entered the conversation with the best teams of the AFC, like Matt mentioned earlier for New England. And speaking of, you know, best teams in the AFC, we're gonna scroll down here to the absolute best team, in my opinion, all of the NFL. And that is the Buffalo Bills. You got the Scott Norwood up there? Fuck. Well, they're good. You know, they can be made fun of a little bit. Like, you know, they're, they're, they're good at football. We're fans of the Lions and the Jets. So, yeah, I'm going to poke a little fun at, at, at Mr. White right here. <laughs> Breaking the heart of the Bills fans in the first of their four straight Super Bowl losses. 
that guy, man. I, I actually feel sorry for him. I, I have a soft spot for that guy, man, because that, that's such a big moment. And you, that, that's, you're immortalized in that moment. Like that, you would never forget that ever. Your family won't forget that. Well, nor should they. I mean, it was the biggest moment of your life and you failed. Um, yeah, well, it's the one job thing. Like you had one job. You're up. You're right. And we've been playing all day, but you're up for this. I yeah. I mean, game, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just being obtuse on purpose here. Obviously, you know, people miss kicks all the time. It's all right. He's not, he's a great kicker. You know, that's the thing that's kind of a, a problem about it, right? It's not like he sucks. Yeah, he was a he was a pretty good kicker. But either way, when I think of the Buffalo Bills, it's either this or the Music City Miracle. Which one do you want me to pick? This is this this hurts more, and I'm not even a fan of this team. This, this is brutal. <laughs> I rem, I remember I remember this kick like I remembered it, and I was like, he has to be the sickest man in America at this moment. Like it's like you like you leave the stadium under like guard. You have to leave the stadium under guard. Yeah, I remember. I remember where I was. I was in my uh now stepmother's living room watching um and i was just like hey i can't believe you missed this uh miss missed this kick and then we got paul saying he paul says i was like nine and i remember this shit i mean this was, <laughs> was 1990 yeah, so 16 yeah oh my god man you're old man i was yeah, seven I was <laughs> I was 16, yeah. <laughs> Old ass. So anyways, more about the, the the current Bills. So I do think the Bills are the best team in the NFL this year. That does not mean they're going to be my pick to win the Super Bowl when we do make those official predictions, but I do think they're the best team in the NFL. They uh, went 11-6 and six last year, first in the AFC East, lost in the divisional round in that crazy game against Kansas City. I mean – we did the overtime rules back and forth, just an insane game. And honestly, I think if they had won that game, they probably end up winning the Super Bowl, but they didn't. So the 2022 Vegas win total is 11 and a half. Cleve, you predicted 14 wins for the Bills. So clearly you were on board here. Yeah. I mean, last year I was, I was, um, I was, uh, I was lost in, in, in how they were playing. Like I, they, <laughs> it's a good team. And you guys, both <laughs> of you guys convinced me that um, Josh Allen is the man. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, having, having digs and the compliment. Who was the guy that went off last uh, in that game? He had like four touchdowns or whatever. He went like poke high on everyone. Like that would be, <laughs> yeah, that'd be early fourth round fantasy draft pick Gabriel Davis. He went eight for 201 and four touchdowns. Jesus. Guy had lost. himself a day. Yeah. He had himself a day. <laughs> Helped yeah. himself. <laughs> Helped <Yes>. himself. <laughs> he, he certainly did. So, Matt, your uh, your use as a Patriots fan, your team just dominating Buffalo for about twenty straight years. What are your thoughts on this team this year? Now that you're kind of looking up at them in the division, I mean, no different than last year. I don't think Josh Allen is going to be appreciably worse than he was last year. Uh, it could be the argument could be made that maybe he hasn't peaked yet, but I think that that still remains to be seen because, technically speaking, he hasn't quite yet hit his prime by yeah. what most definitions are. So. Um, and obviously they didn't really lose a whole lot of, outside of their offensive coordinator, but I think the offensive coordinator helped to get Josh Allen to where he is. And obviously adding digs was a huge part of that last year. I think that they're motivated. I mean, after that loss last year, they, I feel like this is their year coming in the way that it was the chiefs after they lost to the Patriots in that AFC championship game. And I think that you're motivated and clearly they're still good. They haven't lost anybody that would make you think, my God, there's no way they can recover from this. 
I think the only thing that stands in the Bills' way are injuries, of course, and themselves. I mean, we did see them lose to the Jags last year. Let's yes. all let's all remember that. So, and and those things happen. Every team has a fluke loss or a trap game or whatever. But can somebody remind me? Was Urban actually coaching the team then, or had he been fired? Zero chance. Zero Yay. chance. Yay. <laughs> Because can somebody in the comment section please look that up because if they lost to the Urban Meyer Jaguars, I'm I'm gone. I'm just done. Like I I, I don't want to remember that as as that being that way. But honestly, I think the Bills, I mean, I again the rest of the AFC got really, really good, but they were already here, right? So everybody else is kind of catching up to them and it's gonna be a matter of matchup, whoever they get. And and we we're speculating now. We don't know how these teams are gonna play out. I mean, for every for all that we know. The AFC West could lay a total egg, right? Like, we don't know that. But uh, there's a lot of potential in the AFC out there. So it's going to be a tough road to get to the Super Bowl. But I think that they are a great football team. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think that this team is very complete. They did lose Levi Wallace in free agency, the corner to Pittsburgh. But they also signed Von Miller as a as a pass rusher, which should really help their defense, which is good anyways, and they get Tredavious White back. He tore his ACL in the middle of the season last year and probably could have helped a bit in the shootout against Kansas City. So getting that all-pro corner back onto the squad as well, when I already thought they were the best team at the end of the season last year, I just think this is the most complete team. And to me, this does kind of feel like a year, just like you said, Matt, where they're motivated, they're talented. It's all kind of coming together for this to be like, this is it. Like, here, here they come. So... And uh, Von Davis, I mean, Von Miller, excuse me, was uh, trying to recruit OBJ via Instagram. So let's all keep an eye out on that. Wow. Yeah, the thing is, I don't think there's space for him there. I think I that think so either, but let's yeah. just keep an eye out because when one veteran player wants a guy on the team and guy goes down in the middle of the season, right? Well, all of a sudden you have some leverage there. You yep. might have a space. Yep. I think it's worth noting, to be honest. Like maybe it doesn't happen now and yep. maybe OBJ comes back and, and comes for a team. I mean, if you think about it, he comes back and gets some some rest from that injury last year. He comes back fresh and he gets on a playoff contender. You know, it could be the Rams, but you never know at this point. So I, I think it's always interesting to watch things like that because Von Miller, I think by most accounts, is a pretty respected guy around the yes. league. And he's going to be a locker room guy with Buffalo, which only makes them better. And uh, just I thought that was very, very interesting. Yeah, they have no depth at outside receiver. So if something happened to Davis or Diggs, you're right. OBJ is actually a very strong strong possibility for them. Now I think about it a little bit more right now, it wouldn't make sense, but there's so many paths to that making sense. I can see why Von Miller is out there. Go ahead, Cleve. I have to sharpen my pencil here because I didn't know that Ken Dorsey was their, was their OC. So, so that might shave off two games. Well, that's okay. You're more of a Rutgers fan, so it would make sense you don't keep up with Ken Dorsey. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. So can, can you guys just catch me up on what we missed? Did you talk about the Giants yet? No, NFC East right. is next. Yeah. And you guys, ha- you have you talked about the Panthers yet? Yes, last week. Ben McAdoo is their offensive coordinator? <laughs> like, what the fuck? I, I learned that this morning, <laughs> and I was like, wait a minute. Hold on. Like, that can't be right. Because so- I – Go ahead. So Ben McAdoo, I always thought was an absolute failure as the Giants coach because he failed as the Giants coach. But it has been reported that he pounded the table to jettison Eli and then trade up for Patrick Mahomes and nobody else in the building would listen to him. And I'm like, that's pretty sharp. Like there's a chance that he actually isn't that terrible and – Everybody else around him at the Giants are morons, and then they hired Joe Judge, so maybe. like, Yeah, 
I, I remember that because the I always say this too. The hardest thing to do is to get rid of the aging quarterback, like knowing when to pull the trigger to get rid of him before he's washed. And Eli had kind of gotten to that point, and I really do believe that Ben McAdoo wanted to get him. Remember, they were going to bench him. There was that whole thing about his streak being over, and they were going to start. <laughs> Archie, Archie made a call, man. I know, but do you remember who they were going to start for him? Yeah. Uh, Cleve? Gino. I, yeah. I was going to say. Historic streak ended by Geno Smith, who, as we yeah, said yeah. last year, is inevitable. And then they reversed on it. And I think. Boy, is he. Yeah, but didn't Eli not start one game and then he came back and started the rest of the season? And everybody yes. was like, what the fuck was that? And yes. Ben McAdoo took the fall for it. I mean, there's a lot of other things, but I remember him for that. And I remember him for the Levitard show saying that he looked like divorce. And he still he does, like by the divorce. way. McAdoo <laughs> do. Yeah, I just, I think there's a chance that Ben McAdoo is a better coach than he had the opportunity to demonstrate just because he wanted to trade up and take Mahomes. I mean, specifically Mahomes, the bears traded up and took Trubisky in the same draft. Like he specifically named Mahomes the person that he wanted. And they were like, no, we got to ride with Eli for one more year, man, the giants. Um, uh, anyways, we're about to get to them to wrap up the bills here. We do have their draft board here. So, couple of these players, I know a couple of these players pretty well. So the first is Kair Elam, the cornerback out of Florida. They took 23rd overall. This is a top, top cornerback prospect. He was a top prospect out of high school, played well at Florida, coming through the NFL, like just checks all the boxes, immediate replacement for Levi Wallace. I mean, they were like, that's the hole in the team. Get in there and, and go play. And that was a great, a great pick for them. And I believe they traded up for him. I mean, they must have. They weren't picking 23rd. Right, they made the divisional round. James Cook out of Florida or out of Georgia, running back, split time with Zeus White at Georgia, so his production profile is not the greatest. Great receiving back, younger brother of Delvin, very wow. athletic. Yeah, Delvin's Delvin's younger brother, and the Bills have been trying to get a pass catching back for a long time. In fact, they had J.D. McKissick from the Commanders signed, and then he decided to return to Washington, and I'm like, bro. You realize one team is the Washington Commanders, the other is the Buffalo Bills, right? But same money, same money. And he decided to go back to Washington. So, you know, uh, Khalil Shakir is currently the backup outside wide receiver. If something happens to Diggs or Davis, it's probably Shakir out of Boise State that's coming in, which makes the OBJ thing uh, better. And then Matt Araiza is the punter out of San Diego State, affectionately known as Punk God. He is the best punting prospect, I think, probably since Ray Guy. Wow. Maybe Shane Leckler. I mean, he is really hard. highly thought of. Um, so just another thing, right? You have the best team of football adds a elite special teams player. So that's good. Don't think about the rest of the guys. Uh, Matt, what got you here? Luke Tenuta, Virginia Tech, offensive tackle. Know anything about him? Nope. All right. Excellent. Moving so right along. <laughs> we're moving on to the NFC East. But first, uh, Matty Ice, I noticed your shirt there. Oh, uh, yeah. Can you tell us about your shirt? What you got? What you got on? I mean, nobody can really see it. I'm not going to dick around with the camera, but it's the uh, first ever Maddie Ice Media Network T-shirt. So I actually happened to put it on today, and um, yeah, it's just a random thing. You asked me to come on and talk about the Pats, and uh, you're lucky that I was free. 
uh, because uh, usually I'm not. So this is actually a lot of fun. But um, yeah, we actually started making some shirts and stuff. And I, I got one for Cleve and I made some stickers. I had some samples made because um, anybody who has a show or has ever made merch, that shit is expensive. So uh, I'm not out here buying 100 shirts for 10 people to buy. Like that shit ain't happening. So um, <laughs> I decided to make one and I was very happy with it. And so I'm kind of taking orders for people at cost of what I get it for. We're not trying to make a profit, but uh, anybody wants a network T-shirt, uh, some stickers, we might do some keychains. Uh, we're trying to get into the little merch thing that's kind of a, uh, I don't want to say free advertising, but uh, I know a lot of people support, especially this show. You guys have a bunch of people show up every every week live. And, you know, it's nice to be able to support in one way or another. It's funny. I've been talking with a lot of people in podcasting Twitter lately about um, what listeners expect from podcasters. And it's not just podcasters, but content creators. And we are expected to perform for free, right? We're expected to do a lot of things and make our content. And when we ask for anything, it's seen as, well, why would you? Like, I, I deserve this. And um, there's some merit to that, but I think also showing support in one way or another. And if that's through wearing a t-shirt, having a sticker, like, you know, I have it all over the place because obviously I'm, I'm living the brand, but I have a friend who actually played quarterback at NC A&T. It was uh, Adon Hall. So shout out to Adon. He's not listening, but uh, I will let him know. He's a good friend of, of mine and a good friend of our family. And he has a clothing brand. And he told me once, uh, if I don't believe in my brand, who will? And so I kind of try to embody that. So that's why I'm wearing the shirt. I don't wear the shit all over the place. But you just happened to catch me on the very first time I wore the shirt. <laughs> so um, and I put it on hours ago. So it was just kind of random when Dave's like, can you uh, talk about the network? And I'm like, well, you just happened to catch me with the like one shirt that's been made. So. Um, yeah, let Dave know, let Cleve know if you want anything, we're certainly uh, willing to ship out to people and stuff like that. And we appreciate all the support, but I think what would support most is, uh, if you're watching here or you, or you, you know, listen in the podcasting world, the subscribe and review stuff, it, it sounds cliche, but it means okay. a lot because it's how you move up in the charts. It's how you get noticed. And it's so hard. I mean, there's 2.5 million podcasts that are active right now. So um, and when you talk about 27 listens a week is the top 50%, that tells you how many people are out there doing the same thing that you all are doing that we're all doing. So, um, I try and, you know, make sure that I, I, you know, let people know that because I think a lot of times we are like, Hey, I listen, I listen, but I don't subscribe. And the subscribe stuff actually does matter quite a bit and throwing a five-star review, especially if you like it. I mean, even if you throw a one-star review, tell us why the show is shit. Like don't just throw a one-star review and, and, and walk away. It's not helpful because we are trying to make things better all across. But uh, we got a lot of fun stuff. Cleve and I have uh, acquired, in quotes, a couple of podcasts, and we're negotiating with a couple of stuff. We're trying to diversify. So we have a lot of dudes, and uh, we want some females on here. And uh, we've been talking with a, a relationship show that's called Marriage Wars, which is a couple of Jets fans, or at least one Jet fan. So uh, there's, no, they're, they're, no, they're, they're both Jets yeah. fans. Well, there you go. So, um, and, you know, it, to me, it's important that we get, I guess, a diversified menu of content because it's nice if you like sports. We have a lot of that stuff around here. The shows that I do are geared toward that and there's geared toward some other things. But it's nice to have something else because there's, in my mind, there should be something for everybody. So that's the goal of what we are, what we're looking to achieve, I guess, with uh, the whole Matty S Media Network stuff. Anything to have, Cleve? Nah, so, uh, well said. Uh, I saw Dave's laugh at the jets both jets fans uh thing so i know that we're always taking digs at each other's teams well so. that's that's like the old chris rock joke uh 
you can't be born again in a crackhead and have a marry each other and love a work. Right. You gotta have you gotta have, you know, you can't have like a Jets fan and a Patriots fan, right? It won't it won't work. You gotta have either both Jets fans or both Patriots or something like that in order to uh to make it work. Well, the improvement, you know, the the additions to the podcast family at Matty Ice uh, Media, I they I mean it seems great. I I noticed the shirt there that's uh that's awesome and if for the listeners out there, if you haven't gone to MediaSmedia.com, the website is really slick. Um, there's a great about section where I do promise Scott and I will have bios up by the start of the football season. Uh, we're also going to have headshots, but we might need Cleve to uh, change his because, like I said, he's looking a little too GQ. And Scott and I look like we need naps, so we might need to uh, switch that switch that up a little bit. But We'll have something up there too. So yeah, do check out MattyAsMedia.com for you know all the other podcasts that they got come there. And then Matt, you got a Twitter too, right? Yeah, I've got uh, my my personal Twitter has kind of turned into network Twitter at this point because I have so many followers and I talk to everybody. So I it was getting to be too much to try and manage three different Twitter accounts. So basically, they just get tagged at this point because why would I need to figure out how to uniquely tweet from three different Twitter accounts. So yes, it's at Matty Ice Freights. And um, yeah, I've, I've been doing a lot of fun stuff, actually. Uh, Dave, you'll be interested. I, I did an episode of my sports show, Drippin' Sports, last night with a guy who I met in the podcasting world. He's from the Pub Time Podcast, and they live out in Illinois. So uh, they're kind of Big Ten country. And we did an entire realignment in the NCAA, where each of us came up with uh, four conferences of 16 teams basically and uh you know where would we put teams would we switch teams and it was fun so it's been fun to you know i've been off this show for a while but uh i've been spending my time meeting with other people all across the the country in the podcasting space and being on other shows and being a guest is a lot more fun than being a host sometimes because you get to show up (laughs) and do all the fun stuff without any of the work so oh you mean Um, you didn't have to prep all the visuals here and go through and put together the draft the draft boards and everything no, but I will tell you, um, I'm going to be, there's a podcast that I'm friends with. It's called Happy Hour Podcast. Now there's a thousand of them called Happy Hour, but um, they are attempting to break the world record for longest podcast yeah, episode, wow. 40, 40 hours, and uh, they have guests lined up for the entirety of it. And um, I'm showing up twice at 5 p.m. and 5 a.m. That's later in the month um, to where you know they're just having people, like I said, we have large chat groups and uh, we we try to share, I guess, content in, in appearances because that's how you grow. I mean, it's impossible to to not get uh, to to get noticed without actually being on somebody else's show. So, I've been having a good time doing that, and uh, just you know, having a good time with some people and getting to meet people that I wouldn't normally meet in my everyday life in the DMV because we are very uh, secluded here in the DMV, and we're very lucky to to live here and uh, live where we are, where things aren't nuts. Well, that's that's true. And since we do live here, maybe we can book one of those FBI agents that raided Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> we might. I do have an FBI agent who lives two doors down from me, but uh, I don't know how much he can tell me about that. Yeah, yeah. Get get the dirt. Get the dirt of those documents. Well, yeah, no, that's uh, that's all amazing. And yeah, I'm I'm happy to see the network uh, growing, growing and expanding. I want to give you a chance to, to talk about that for sure. Uh, Matt, will you be sticking around with us here for the NFC East? I've got about 15 more minutes. Okay, good. That's about that's about how long we're going to try to take with this here. Um, the first team that we have here for the NFC East should be no surprise. The absolute worst franchise in the NFL is. The Washington Commanders. <laughs> All right, so can I, I just need to hijack this for a minute because 
I have been so outspoken about two things this offseason. It's been Deshaun Watson, of course, and that's that's no surprise. I mean, I think everybody's been outspoken. But the, the commanders have just – I cannot even begin to tell you how much I despise this franchise. And it's just <laughs> – it's not quite AFC South level, but it's it's a different level because I don't like the AFC South for their play on the field. It's just not aesthetically pleasing to me. But the commanders have done literally nothing right under Daniel Snyder. And, and like they have fucked up just about every good thing that they had. And then on top of that, we find out that their workplace was fucking horrible, right? Like absolutely horrible. Dan Snyder is a piece of shit. I'm not even out here trying to sugarcoat that anymore. I mean, Dave follows me on Facebook and knows that I have shared articles of him recently and been like this fuck face or this shit bag. Like, I, I don't care anymore. And they can't run an organization. This is an organization right here. When I say I was hesitant on the Dolphins, like, I am uber fucking hesitant on the commanders. Like, and what do they do in the offseason? They bring in Carson fucking Wentz. Like, I just can't even begin to describe to you where their heads are at. And then they put him out there. Do you remember that photo we had in the Letterman jacket? That was so, so awful. <laughs> I mean, I just can't. And then it seems like every turn, they're doing something dumb every well, they single just, time. Well, they fired their DC today. Oh, and, uh, what's his They name? did? Yeah. No real? No real? Really? Oh, wait, wait a minute. Huh? Wait a minute. They, that can't be right. No, no. How did I not hear that? They might have fired their OC. They fired someone today because uh, I was on the way in. I was uh, listening to something, and uh, chat so, help. Yeah, I'm doing it right now. I I got the uh, I got There's the no machine fucking going. Way that they did that. They, if they yeah. fired Jack Del Rio, yeah, they no. fired. Oh, I'm sorry. They fired the defensive line coach. The final, yeah, defensive line. Oh, coach. Just is he also is he also a terrorist allegedly? That's no, just a dust up. Just a dust up. That's all. That's all. Nothing. Remember about Ron? Man, I just I don't know. I, I like I said, I, maybe this is this is not warranted, but uh, they are they are going to be they they can't be of eight wins by Vegas. Like what the fuck? That can't be right. <laughs> that can't be fucking right. Like there's just no way. <laughs> so the Maddie Ice Sports Betting Network says hammer the under. <laughs> I don't there's win. No Dude, way. Three like, games is me being generous. Yeah, Cleveland Cle said Hold three. Cleveland has him as the worst team in the league. Yeah, like fucking th three wait, games. I, Hold on a second. Can can Dave? Can you explain this to me? Like. Do you actually believe in that eight win total? I mean, because Vegas is pretty close most of the time. So what the what don't we peons know that Vegas seems to know? I, I don't understand it. Like I know the division sucks, but uh who are they beating? Yeah, who are they beating? <laughs> so I do think eight is high, but I also feel like six and a half would be too low. And also remember these lines exist to kind of try to get half the money on either side. So if a lot of people want to come in and think they're going to be higher than that, then that's where they're going to put the line. And it's been open for so long, the line has settled based on action now. This isn't just the opening line. This was the current line at the time I made this, which is today. So, you know, this is based on where the money's at. And so for some reason, there's half the people this year, so at least half the money thinks that over eight is a good is a good bet. I, I don't get it. I mean, I... If, I would rather bet them to have the first overall pick next year if they can. I'm sure they're trying yeah. to get taken from them because either Dan Snyder stole from the NFL or lied to Congress allegedly or like something, right? So, but I could see them earning the first overall pick this year. Yeah, but when when you said that where the money's at, obviously Dan Snyder's been stealing the fucking money, so we already know where it's at. <laughs> it ain't in Vegas. He's siphoning it out. Like that whole story was 
I, we're, we won't get into that, but that was just amazing. Like, if there's one thing that could kill Daniel Snyder with the owners, it's stealing their money. Like, billionaires yes. do not like it when they get their money stolen from, especially from other billionaires. Yeah, they have to pay those $1 million fines somehow. Um, so I think we're all kind of in agreement that this team sucks and Carson Wentz sucks. Yes. And uh, you guys were way out in front of me with Wentz just being absolutely bad. I can think of the other Thank issues or you. things going on. You guys Thank were just you. right there. You were like, this guy is trash. We you said, said he's a problem. We said yeah. he's a problem. And you're like, no, Carson Wentz is fine. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, that's I guess your, fine that's your exact is, words. I guess fine isn't the worst adjective you could have used because fine was hand the ball off a billion times to Jonathan Taylor last year and look good by the process. So maybe that's fine. And miss the playoffs because he lost to Jacksonville in a winning in situation. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, we did mention that last week. So, uh, yeah. So basically, we all agree the Commanders are asked. Do we think they're all good? We all think they're going to finish last in this division, right? Yes. I'm. Yes. I'm not watching the NFL ever again if they don't finish in last place. <laughs> so that's that's amazing in the division with the Giants. So we have the Commanders draft board here. The 16th overall pick, they take Jahan Dotson, a four-year player out of Penn State, and he could be fine, but like. You take him at 16, and then Traylon Burks goes to Tennessee like two picks later. And I just – I don't understand it. Uh, Brian Robinson Jr. is literally a jag. He is the most just-a-guy guy ever. They take him in the top 100 picks. I just – they take Sam Howell in the fifth round. I mean, I guess it's good to try to get another quarterback on on the roster when you're trying to rely on, on – uh, Carson Wentz. Sorry, man, I have COVID right now. Brain You're fog fine. is crazy. By the um, way, how, how can you say this draft this draft board sucks? They got Chris Paul, one of the top five point guards of all time in the seventh round. I mean, what a steal that is. Yeah, but it, they have him playing guard. <laughs> the wrong guard, wrong sport. He's not going to be a good guard here. <laughs> and Sam Howell was your most overrated quarterback heading into the Heisman hopeful last year, I think, wasn't it? Or was it two years ago? No, he's, yeah, it was last year. Um, all right. Because two years ago, he was good because he got to hand the ball to Javante Williams and Michael Carter and throw it to Daz Newsome and throw it to uh, Deami Brown, who is also on this trash roster. You know, this team is literally Terry McLaurin, Antonio Gibson, who they refuse to give the ball to. It's like Tony Pollard. They refuse to give him the ball. And nobody else. The defense was great two years ago, but their quarterback or their defensive coordinator now is sympathizing with domestic terrorists. Chase Young still isn't back from his ACL injury. I'm so glad we are all in agreement on how bad, bad this team is. Is that right? Did you go to one of the games uh, from the, the embezzlement scheme? We did. So, yeah, Paul came to visit when uh, Megan and I first moved here to D.C. Paul went to Notre Dame, and Notre Dame was playing Navy at FedEx Field. And when the story uh, broke, it turned out that was one of the games where our <laughs> ticket money didn't get split up with the NFL. But uh, Dan Dan Snyder just took it, just stole it from the other guys. I'm all for stealing from Jerry Jones, um, but not like directly, not like seriously. You know what I mean? I mean, like you could take his salt so he came on his breakfast sandwiches. I don't mean like you could steal millions of dollars from him in ticket revenue. <laughs> now I've got Dave tiptoeing around Cowboy Stadium trying to steal shit from Jerry's office. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, quick aside, y'all watch Hard Knocks last night? No, no. I didn't catch but, it, man. Nah, you should. It's the Lions. And not just because the Lions, it was actually a lot better than the Cowboys. It was it was a lot better. Um, oh, not as good. 
no offense, not as good as it used last, to be, but the last two were Cowboys and Colts. Like you can't get much worse than that. Like the bar has been set as low <laughs> as it could possibly be. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was pretty good. Um, Aiden Hutchinson sang as the rookie. It was actually pretty decent. Not not the singing. The singing was atrocious, but like the scene was was pretty good. Focuses on uh, Dan Campbell a lot. He is as insane as the quotes would imply. This dude actually probably does bite kneecaps. So it, it's worth it's worth checking out. It's not as good as Ocho Cinco getting fired on television, but it was it was still pretty good and worth watching. Uh, speaking of being pretty good and worth watching this year, the third place team in this division I have is the New York Giants. So, um, so yeah, so Cleve, you can see I've got their new head coach here. <laughs> all all decked out, ready to go for the for the audio no, listeners. The Giants but, don't ever they don't ever go black, buddy. They don't <laughs> ever in their entire existence. So I have a I have a logo of Brian Flores wearing the Giants uh, hoodie with the Giants logo next to him as the team logo. Um, so last year they go four thirteen, fourth in the NFC East. The Vegas win total this year is seven. So Vegas right now thinks they'll be worse than the Commanders. And man, if there's one time to arbitrage Las Vegas, this is it. I I would be shocked, shocked if barring some sort of catastrophic injury to an important player, the Giants. Finish worse than the Commanders. <laughs> um, Cleve has them only winning four games this year, so at least has them better than the Commanders, but not much. So they fired GM Dave Gettleman. I think he retired and took a different position. I was going to say he retired, folks. Let's just let's make sure we get that right for Gettleman. Yes. Um. But yeah, he retired and took another position within the company. Within the company. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh. They fired head coach Joe Judge. They fired offensive coordinator the Clapper. They hired Brian Flores as head coach. Uh, just kidding. They interviewed Flores as a token and got the absolute ever-living fuck suit out of them by Flores <laughs> instead. And then they hired uh, head coach Brian Dabble, which actually is not a bad hire. And finally, Saquon is healthy. So there's our offseason for the Giants. And what an offseason it was. Holy crap. Um, but at the end of it, I think they made some serious improvements. Can we all just remember that Jason Garrett got fired last year and Freddie Kitchens called plays for the Giants after that? Like, can we all remember that that happened? That was a thing that happened in 2021. I mean, you couldn't make that up. But this was one of the strangest off seasons I've ever seen. But at the same time, I'm not sure what is all that different quite yet. You know what I mean? Because they're getting away from the Gettleman stuff and Joe Judge and all that. And I think Dayball is going to be a fine coach. He obviously comes with a good pedigree coming from Buffalo. But I don't know. It's almost like taking over players that you didn't have. And, and I, I struggle to think that they're going to be appreciably better than they have been. And if anything, we'll tell you the first thing that came out of uh, Giants in midseason form was Danny Dimes throwing a pass like five yards out of bounds away from the receiver. So, I mean, they're looking great so far. So, so here's the thing. Brian Dayball is a very good offensive coordinator, as he as he showed in Buffalo, and he was offensive coordinator for all of Josh Allen's tenure so far. So he was the one who developed Josh Allen. I'm not saying he's going to develop uh, dimes into that. I don't think Daniel Jones will be the quarterback of this team next season, but that doesn't mean that he is not going to have a good bounce back year and be able to move on like a Mariota type this off season. And the other thing too is that this offense is not devoid of talent. They have Saquon Barkley, Kenny Galladay, Lord help me, Kadarius Tony. Right? I mean, they they are not 
without without talent to get the ball to. What they didn't have before was any sort of competent coaching, at least not on the offensive side. I mean, none whatsoever. And their offensive line was not was terrible. It's still not great, but they've made some solid improvements there. I can really see this team winning nine, ten games this year. What? If yeah, I, I can. I mean, the Vegas win total is seven. That's not insane, right? You have them at four, right? Um, it's That's it would be floor. an insane prediction That's for you. Floor. But I, I could see them winning nine or ten games this year if the two teams above them that I have above them aren't as good. They sweep the commanders. You know, they could win a couple shootout games. I don't I don't think that it's uh that impossible. Now Paul here says future Lions quarterback Daniel Jones and sir, you shut your mouth. Um <laughs> yeah, we won't we won't have that kind of talk around here. The thing about Daniel Jones though is Cleve and I were actually just talking about this this morning. And he does have athletic ability, but I think <laughs> one thing that really holds him back, and I harp on this, is his turnover problems and not just interceptions. He still can't hold on to the damn ball. Oh, like, boy, I yeah. do not understand how a guy fumbles as often as he does. And turnovers, no matter how they come, whether it's misreading defenses or just straight up dropping the ball. And I think it was in 2020, the guy, the Giants had a guy who fumbled the ball without getting hit. Like, he just literally dropped the ball. And, you know, there's. I, so I think that Danny Dimes is is a guy who, again, he unfortunately got drafted so far out of where he should have been drafted, and the expectations were completely unrealistic for him. And they had nothing throughout most of the tenure there. Terrible coaching, terrible scheming, everything. And so it is possible, but I think if he doesn't figure out how to cut down on turnovers somehow, then I think he's limited to where he can take them. But you're right, he does have a lot of weapons in I mean, this is his last year here, so he's got no excuses. And there, there's not, unless they win the Super Bowl, like they're not bringing him back. No, no. And one other thing that, that he actually does well in the limited chances he's had to actually do it because of offensive line play and just awful play calling, he actually throws an accurate deep ball. Oh, he does. Yeah, that's what I mean. He has talent. I mean, it's yeah. not as if he's, like you said, he's not, he himself is not devoid of talent. He yes. just wasn't fifth or sixth overall pick. Which is why all of us looked at the draft board like, what? Gettleman yes. got his guy. He was super happy with it, though. Exactly. But they also added some talent in the draft. So you see fifth overall, take Kayvon Thibodeau, the edge rush out of Oregon, and seventh overall, uh, Evan Neal, the tackle out of Alabama. Now, Neal can play every position on the line. He's going to play tackle because now they pair him with Andrew Thomas that they got last year or the year before as an offensive lineman in the top 10. And they have a couple decent tackles. The interior of the line is not great, but it's not awful anymore either. So they got that going for him. Cleve, Wandale Robinson is shorter than me and weighs 70 pounds less than I do. What are his chances he's not going to get hurt? What's his chance? <laughs> I mean, you're playing with the you're playing in the league with the likes of an Aaron Donald. <laughs> right. Yes. Um that's a that's a car collision. <laughs> yes. Uh Wandell Robinson, very skilled, but has that going for him. The rest of this team. The rest of this draft, I don't think it's that great. Daniel Bellinger is actually already – he hasn't been named the starting tight end for them yet, but he's going to be super athletic kid out of uh, San Diego State. So I think that ended up being a good draft pick for them. The rest of these guys I can't tell you much about. Again, we need Scott to really to really break it down. I do know as a Michigan fan, Micah McFadden, the linebacker at Indiana they took in the fifth round, was at least good in college. I don't know why he didn't get drafted higher. Maybe he didn't test well or he's slow or he's – 
only good in like some scheme they ran. I don't know defensive play well enough to know, but I know that, you know, when scouting Indiana, who Michigan plays every single year, I was always like, oh, this kid is is pretty good. So they at least have they at least have that going for them. So uh what team do I have as the uh second place team in this division, Cleef? As the second place? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got to be Cowboys or Eagles. Yeah, no, I'm well. I'm I'm looking at Jalen and I'm thinking, do I believe in him this year? I'm gonna go uh, Eagles. That's right. I have the Philadelphia Eagles as the second place team in the division. So there's the Eagles logo. <laughs> so I have the Eagles as the second place team in in the division. However. This was a very close decision, extremely close decision. I think the Eagles are very good, and I may have just put a bet on the Eagles to win the Super Bowl. It worked out for the Jags last year, so uh, Shut maybe, up. Uh, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I did that because it was like 150 to 1. <laughs> I uh, uh, no, I think that they're really good. I am a firm believer in Jalen Hurts. I always have been. I was a believer of his at Alabama. I was a believer at Oklahoma. I, I just think Jalen Hurts is very good. I love A.J. Brown. I always have. They traded for him on draft night. I think it's great. The Vegas win total, Cleve, nine and a half. The Cleve win total this year, nine. Cleve, you're right on the money. So clearly you kind of like the Eagles as well. Yeah. Uh, I agree that it's a make-or-break year for, for Jalen. Uh, actually, I mean, I'm rooting for the guy. I'm actually rooting for the guy. Uh, Philly's a tough place to play. And um, – He's shown that he got a little thick skin there because, oh, man, it's going to get tough before it gets good. Yeah, uh, according to the nerds that look at offensive line play, which is not me, the Eagles, like all the people who I follow who do this, all agree the Eagles are like a top three offensive line. So I don't know enough to know, but the folks that do know are all in agreement that the Eagles have a great offensive line. So they got that. They could rush the ball great last year. They've got Hurts. They added Devontae Smith last year. They've got Dallas Goddard at tight end. They added A.J. Brown on the outside. Uh, they no longer need to play Jalen Regular ever again. Quez Watkins can do that. The defense, they added Jordan Davis uh, in the draft, who I believe at the combine came in at 11 foot tall, 9,000 pounds, ran a 4-3, something like that. It was something absurd. So they, they add him. They add a couple of linebackers as well. You know, I'm not sold on the coach but I'm still not sold on the Bengals coach and they made the Super Bowl. So I think this team, like if, if it clicks for them at the end of the year, they're 14 and three. I'm not going to be shocked. Mm. Matt, Thoughts, Matty Ice? 14 wins would, would shock me, but uh nine, 10 wins probably wouldn't. And uh it's funny how many quarterbacks seem to be in a make or break year this year. Yeah. I, that's, I mean, that's just the way, that's just the way it works. Right. Yeah. That uh, is the way it works. But speaking of quarterbacks who are not a make or break here, we have the team that I predicted to win the <laughs> NFC East. And that would be the Dallas Cowboys. Is that the so barn? It is the barn. <laughs> it is the it is the infamous Mike McCarthy barn. And um, you know what? The barn's not going to do it for him because here's my prediction. If the Cowboys do not win the Super Bowl this year, he is getting fired and replaced by Sean Payton. Mm. They could even go to the Super Bowl. If they don't win, he's getting fired or replaced by Sean Payton. That's my that's my bold prediction. Is there a scenario where he doesn't last the season? 
there would be if the commanders weren't just absolute trash. All right. But I'm just curious because I, I just I cannot believe that he's still the head coach of that team. I mean, how many times last season? I mean, we should roll tape on that. How many times did we point out that Mike McCarthy was the biggest detriment to their success last year? So the first video, I believe, on this YouTube channel is from the show last year, the divisional show, where, as I wrote here, lost the divisional round to San Francisco due to a called QB draw with like 10 seconds left and no timeouts. Yep. Um, And I... The, like, the title episode is like Dave hates the Cowboys. And every time I see that, I just get mad all over again. CD lamb had one catch and three targets in this game that they barely lost. I don't know what they studied in the barn, but throw the ball to CD lamb. I mean, cleave, that seems pretty obvious, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but when, when a ref has to tell you in a spot, you want to call a timeout here. That's, <laughs> that's damning. That's damning. He's like, you sure coach? You sure? timeout it's a timeout scenario right here you call a timeout right now what are the chances that uh (laughs) that mccarthy stops using the fullback and starts giving the ball to pollard so let me see i have i have a note here that i made for this give me one second here i wrote um pollard remains better than zeke i mean there is no doubt that it's that he's better now the cowboys get out of zeke's contract after this year if they want to i think it's an 11 million dollar dead cap hit if they cut him after the season, which stings, but is not the end of the world. The problem is that Pollard is in the last year of his contract. So if they feed Zeke and they don't give the ball to Pollard, and they don't know about Pollard, do they let him walk too? Do they pay him without seeing him? The thing is, this is just a really talented team run by not very talented people. Jerry Jones is not a talented man. Mike McCarthy is not a talented coach. And I don't but they have a bunch of talented players. Dak is great. CeeDee Lamb is great. Tony Pollard is great. Zeke was good and is still going to score like 12 touchdowns this year, falling in the end zone. This team scored more points than any other team in the league last year. And Mike McCarthy was the coach. What if What if they had hired the Chargers coach? Anthony Lynn? They'd have been throwing a lot of goal line fades. <laughs> they sort of thrown it to CeeDee Lamb. <laughs> Clean, I, didn't I, take CD, I didn't take fades now to CeeDee Lamb. Four targets in one game. Cleve, I want you to pencil this in. Next year's draft, when the Cowboys draft a running back in the first round because both of those guys walk, and Dave has a heart attack on live television. (laughs) (laughs) There's a a scenario where the Cowboys are picking in the high 20s. The scenario comes up, and they do get like B. John Robinson, first running back off the board from the University of Texas at that point. I won't like it because you shouldn't use that much capital on running backs ever, but I wouldn't have a heart attack on live television. Now, if they go trade four up. and 13, they're drafting sixth and they take Bijan Robinson in the first round. Well, the live stream of the draft is going to be very entertaining or they trade up to get a running back. I would die. I would absolutely die. If they trade, <laughs> I can already see the consternation on Dave's face now. Oh, God. Oh man. Cause you know, well, you know, too, the cowboy fans who are well known for being reasonable and having good takes, they are Absolutely. going to be they're going to be clamoring for Bijan Robinson from Texas. I mean, they're going to be all over themselves for this kid, especially if Zeke and Pollard are out the door. I, oh man. Oh, Matt, you just spoke this to, into existence. I, I feel like so. a death eater. I don't I don't like this. This I have is something uh, <laughs> to look forward to at the draft next year. Um yeah, that is <laughs> Oh man, that could really happen. 
So oh, I'm a nightmare. The the Cowboys, I think, are the the class of this division, barring again injuries to some key players. But there's no way that Mike McCarthy doesn't hold them back from winning the Super Bowl, right? I mean, the AFC is so good that he's going to have to outcoach uh, some other talented guys with a lot of talent on their teams. Yeah, but it's the NFL. Any team can win one game one time. Yeah, but he has um, to win a succession of really hard games to get up to yeah. that. They couldn't even beat Jimmy G last year. Yeah. Does he, though? I mean, does he really? And the NFC? Maybe. I mean, we don't know. I mean, the talked playoffs about are the, tough regardless. Yeah, we talked about the South last week, and it's the Bucks, and then a bunch of trash. I think the Saints will be okay, but that's like that'd be, that should not be hard for Dallas. Dallas should get their first game at home. They might not have, they might not have home field advantage, but they should get the first game at home. Then yeah. they got what they got the Packers with Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball to Romeo Dubs and I don't know Cleve. I mean, are you next up on the depth chart for the Packers? Who, who knows? <laughs> the The West is going to be tough, so they have to beat what a tough team out of the NFC West. Maybe have the Packers come to them and then beat whatever team out of the AFC. It's going to be easier than whoever the, out of the AFC is. Can we talk about the possibility of Mike McCarthy beating Aaron Rodgers in Lambeau to make a Super Bowl while Aaron Rodgers is high on mushrooms or whatever it is that he's you know, <laughs> taking the offseason? Like, imagine Mike McCarthy getting the last laugh because Aaron Rodgers, I mean, he's got to have a couple years left maybe. I mean, I don't know how much his heart is in it at this point, but if McCarthy beats Aaron Rodgers to make the Super Bowl, that's just crazy because remember, Aaron Rodgers lit a torch under him, and rightfully so in a lot of ways, but... I, there, you're right. There are not a lot of possibilities where Dallas wouldn't be probably favored in that conference. If that happens, Aaron Rodgers has to permanently go Hollywood Hogan handlebar mustache for the rest Ooh. of his life. I mean, for the rest of his life. The, that goatee would have to stick around forever. He did look like Nicolas Cage out of Cod Air coming into camp. So, I mean, I guess anything is possible. Cameron Poe. Yeah. You got Sean Watson showing up as Johnny 23. Um, all right, man. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. Hello. <laughs> Anyways, man, I I don't like that guy. I think that's clear by now. Um. Uh. So yeah. So I think the Cowboys are going to win this division, but it's close. I won't be shocked if the Eagles do, but I will be shocked if Mike McCarthy retains his job with Sean Payton out there on the market. So we've reviewed now half the league getting ready next week. I'll be doing the live underdog draft, at least one uh, with Scott. So if you're interested in learning how to play best ball, seeing what it's about, you know, tune into the live stream or you can watch it after the fact. If you have to see it on YouTube, I do. I have been studying how to make it work for the audio listeners. So don't worry if you do listen on audio, you will be able to follow along with what's happening. Um, so, don't don't uh, don't worry about that. We will make that we will make that work. Then after that, we got a couple more weeks of the season starts. We're going to do the North Division teams. Then we're going to close out with the West Division teams because they're actually good. So before we get out of here, is there anything else that either of you would like to add, Maddie Ice? No, nice to be back. Uh, you know, in the in the the pocket here, I guess. But uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I've been actually kind of disconnected from the off season this year, so I, I will be watching football in a different way because usually I've been watching it trying to get ready for this show the last couple of years. But, uh, you know, I always love our banter, our text threads that we have about some of these games because, I mean, stupid shit is going to happen in the off, in the, in the regular season. I'm just looking forward to it, and I'll be interested to see what happens because there does seem to be a huge shift with the AFC being 
very powerful and the NFC kind of not having a lot of real contenders there, but it, what it looks like at the you know offset of the season doesn't necessarily predict what's going to happen. So all I know is that uh, Tom Brady will somehow be a dolphin at some point. Cleef. Um, uh, so Deshaun is suiting up this Friday, I believe. I think he's going to play in the preseason. Oh, joy. Um, so uh, the Browns fans are going to get a taste of what they could have. Matt and I joked about his suspension coming down like week 12 <laughs> when they're on the run. Yes. And then just getting totally fucked up in the playoffs that he's not available. Now, that's the sort of prediction I can get behind. Cowboys that's first are running back is a nightmare, but that would be that would be good. That would be brutal. You know, um, like I said, I, I um. You know, I, I'm no one's judge, jury, executioner. Everyone has their own demons. Obviously, his his are displaying themselves uh, in real time in front of us. Um, but the NFL has an NFL problem. You know, they they need to figure out uh, what they you know what they want to do and how they dole out punishment and 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 what's a fair and equitable way to do so. Um, because we shouldn't even be at this juncture now. Because again, he you know he. What what recourse do they possibly have if they have anything at this point? Uh, because of how they collectively bargained this agreement in the first place. So um, he he'll be out there playing football Friday, and it, it seems like uh, if you're a victim, uh, I'm sorry that you're gonna have to see someone who who've wronged you pretty much go out and and get cheers from the fandom that is uh, Cleveland Browns. Well, I saw that they are going to have the former attorney general of New Jersey do the appeal and not Goodell himself. So that's, that's nice at least that they're going to have, you know, somebody else come in. Cause it's clear. They just want somebody the least bit respectable to like give him a season or t- at least 12 games. Like they want somebody who like, is not Roger Goodell in his above reproach to just suspend it for the entire, for the entire season if they can. So I'm hoping that is what they, uh, what they end up doing. So, fellas, uh, thanks for being here tonight. Cleve, uh, get some rest so you can go fight more snakes tomorrow. Maddie Ice, great work with the with the uh, with the network. Everybody go maddieicemedia.com. Check out all the great the great content there, and uh, we will see y'all next week. Thank you, sir. Peace.